I am unashamed. What about you? The point is it proves how people are misunderstood about messaging. That's what it proves. <coughs> so we're, we're recording earlier today, Jason. You and I got to experience West Monroe traffic because we don't ever – I never function around the traffic times of like 7 to yeah. 5 o'clock. I know what's wrong with the country. Everybody's <laughs> like, oh, look, we're going to talk about that. Traffic at 8 o'clock because I'm And look, we're there. griping – for sitting two two lights, you realize there are places where it takes like two hours to get. Oh, somebody. I know. Well, I live at another place like that. If you oh, venture out worst. at the wrong time, oh, it's your life stops for two hours. Two hours in a car trying to get across town. You're, you're talking to the wrong man. I don't do much <laughs> venturing. Well, anymore. I don't either. I'm usually down. We decided today. To I'm not duck. into venturing. <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time you ventured into anything? So every woman know, eat, sleep, duck hunt, what you do, podcast, uh-oh, Blaze TV and podcast, you say. But those four things, eat, sleep, it's this morning, it's podcast. Then we will eat. Then, you'll then go we hunt. will duck hunt. Then we will sleep. But no venturing. No venturing anywhere except the <laughs> thick underbrush. <laughs> Flooded. So, Zach, what about you in North Carolina? Do, do you uh, is there traffic in your neck of the woods there in Black Mountain? I've organized my life where everything was is within about a two block radius. Everything. <laughs> the last the last time I was there, so Zach is two blocks. So you think so? I didn't have a car, and so because Lisa dropped me off, so I said, "Well, I'll walk to Zach's house." I mean, it's two blocks. I didn't realize the two blocks Zach to your house from the podcast place there is all uphill so when i when i got to your house you tell about we i mean it was like it's straight up to the hill jeremiah johnson had it right when he was told maybe you just ought to get out of this this uh wild land the rocky mountains get out of there and just go down out to a town he said Jeremiah said it right. I've already been to a town. <laughs> he was not going back ever. That was a movie. That was not real. I, I, but but hey, he was a real no, guy. No, it's reality. He was a real guy. Because everything, I, everything I hear about towns, I hear people talking like y'all talking. <laughs> Can't do this, got to do this. People backing up, law enforcement. I've been on what, TV. What are you doing? Man. Where are you going? What you what you doing up they, here? They take certain liberties <laughs> in the editing process. It's like when we used to be on TV. When the show would come out, I would watch it and think, I don't remember that happening. And it was me. I was looking at my lips moving, and I thought, yeah, I must have said that. <laughs> it just didn't seem like what was being captured. So normally we we the drive out here is 4 a.m., and there's nobody, which is perfect. I was telling you all one of my stories yeah, I wanna, before I we, you before we started. Okay, look. I'm not condoning this. this is, I feel like before I tell this story, I need that writing Disclaimer. at the bottom saying, do not try this. Do not attempt this at home. But I pull up to the longest I just red thought light. it was funny because it was yet another law enforcement situation with you. I mean, how many do, could you buy? For a guy I, who's pretty much a straight arrow, you talk about getting in trouble with the law. I, I get up every morning at 4 o'clock and... They have these lights now. Phil, you'll find this intriguing because you probably not are aware of this. They have lights now that they censor, they sense, I guess, when you pull up and it turns green because there's nobody, Cause there's out, nobody there. out there. Well, there's one light that do I was budget, not aware of that. Yeah, it's it's really cool invention. <laughs> there's one light that didn't get the memo. Somebody passed it up and it. you just sit there. There's no one there. And so usually... When I stop there, because I get the concept of why we have red lights, I will look both ways. There's no one stirring. I will turn. You're like, oh, you're breaking the law. There's no one out here. Well, one morning I pull up there. There's a cop sitting across from this red light. I pull up. I know most of the law enforcement. And they know you. you They know me. I was in my and you've had altercations with about half of them. Former truck, so I pull up to the red light. I wave. He tips his hat. <laughs> I look both ways. The light's red. We all know it's long. I turn. 
you ran the red light. That didn't work. Because <laughs> I was thought, oh, he gets it. He knows me. Your wave We're was here. like, I'm My going. Wave, I'm going. I'm acknowledging your presence. You have the power. <laughs> There's no one out here but me and you. Pull me over. So, and was, you know, talking sternly to me. What, what, what are you doing? I said, well, I thought, you know, since this light doesn't have the sensor and there was nobody there, I looked both ways. I treated it like a stop sign. I acknowledge your presence. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't give me a ticket, but he's like, "Well, that's the dumbest thing." I've ever heard <laughs> so, uh, uh, in my world, it, it makes sense. But okay, thank you, because Missy but, said this was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You Missy. could have missed somehow a vehicle coming, and there'd been a head-on collision. What are you doing? I mean, we're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't think anybody coming. I thought I looked. So, guy, you, you, that's what he was saying. Oh, it was it well, was, and he took the tip of the the wave as the middle finger. I'll show you. Yeah, exactly. Well, was, like I'm just run this man waving at you, and I'm gonna run a red light. What are you I did do about understand it? that. I mean, once he said that sternly, I said, "You're right. I, that was dumb." I just thought, "Hey, I I see that you're there. There's no one out here. I'm kind of in a hurry to go duck hunting. I'm being safe." That's what I was trying to. I think the most interesting part of the story is that he didn't give you the ticket. He did not. You give obviously, me a made ticket. him mad. He acted like he was going to get right, right. And he's like, "Don't you ever do that again? <laughs> That's just stupid." I mean, he was being very <laughs> forceful, and I was like, "Was he older than you or younger than you?" I would say about the same age. Hmm. Which mostly but they're I younger did, now. I didn't know. You don't him. believe how young these guys? I, are. I didn't know him. He might have been a little younger. I was giving myself too much credit there. <laughs> That's been insane. All Jason, I know for sure is... A lot, a lot of 50-year-olds out there uh, doing stop signs at 4 a.m. All I know yeah. for sure is uh, if someone uh, embraces the the theory that if you get rid of law enforcement, things will get better, in my humble opinion, no, things will get far worse oh, without man. law enforcement. Well, we're agreeing today on a number of matters. I'm not <laughs> I sure. I just want to clear it up for a lot of people. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. you, you, you hedge and you, you lean a little too left for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jason, the left winger. I'm pro-law enforcement. I, <laughs> You're so, not for well, defunding well, the police, For the record. Right? Uh, <laughs> I mean, the guy was just doing his job. You run a red light. I actually agreed with him, his assessment. And I you thought, were okay if he would have given you a ticket. It reminded me of... I, I would have waited for the red light to turn green and not have gone on. I would not have done what you did. I wouldn't have done that. Well, I shouldn't have done it. Because I would have thought, it. he's thinking, yeah, this, this dude. That's what he thought. Well, you remember we were, I just, for some reason, you I offended thought. offended him. Well, I thought, we, you know, I knew a bunch of the, I didn't know him. Because <laughs> uh, I thought, ooh, I didn't You have to be close, close. <laughs> you either. thought you were now, part blood of the can, If you were the <laughs> law enforcement and I pulled up there and I looked over and you were sitting there and, because your job was to enforce the law. I'd have looked and I said, there's old Jace, my boy. I'd have looked both ways and I'd have gone on. I said, hey, Jace, wait, wait, you, know, you, you got a bad job this morning. We're all going duck hunting. I'd have passed you up, you know. <laughs> if you had been blood kin, I would have trusted in what you just did. But if you're not blood kin, cousin, <laughs> no, nah, too far out. Uh, Zach's out. <laughs> Matthew. So right. now we've probed the deep recesses of Jason's mind. What's next on the go? Let's go with the Book of Acts. <laughs> well, Let's Dad, get on some meat. All right, so you need to set us up, Dad. You, you said you got to set I'll set, set you up. Look, sometimes we have a cold open. Dad's got a hot take. Before today. you read the Book of Acts, please, all of y'all out there in, in computer land, please just remember this. 600 years Right at 600 years before you read Acts chapter 1, he's going to give you an update on how everything is coming together under one head, Jesus Christ. It's 600 years out. Daniel the prophet's talking, and read Daniel 2 about the big statue that uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, they rule the earth, the Babylonians. So, so look up so in what your... what year is this, Al? Which one? In Which Daniel. One Daniel 2. That's about 721 B.C. Yeah, well, okay. or, or, or a little less than that. So anyway, <laughs> you got six, 700 years 
Uh, I think, but according to this, this is six six hundred and seven BC. <laughs> I just want to clarify this, people. What well, they can look, but so you say, what, what said, was going on six hundred years yeah. before Jesus even showed up? What was going on, Elboaz? Daniel is has been taken captive. Uh, the Babylonians ruled the world. There's a big statue. It's got gold. It's got silver. It's got bronze, and it's got iron. That's what it's made of. Nebuchadnezzar sees it, doesn't know what it means, wants to know. None of his seers could pull it off. Daniel said, here's the deal. This was the dream, and now we want to interpret it to the king. King, oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, Babylonians, look in the encyclopedias. Who ruled the world 600 years before Jesus? The Babylonians did. Nebuchadnezzar, the God of heaven has given you, Nebuchadnezzar, dominion, power, might, and glory. He rules the world. In your hands he has placed mankind, the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, Wherever they live, he made you ruler. You're the big dog. You are that head of gold. That statue represents empires, and you are at the top, dude. So what? After you, he's going to give him an update on what's fixed to take place leading into Acts chapter 1. After you, another kingdom, earthly kingdom now, will rise. You say, look in your encyclopedias. Who ruled the world? He'll bring it up. The Medes and the Persians. They whipped Nebuchadnezzar. They took over. Empires rise and they fall. Nebuchadnezzar's gone. The Babylonian Empire is no more. The Medo-Persians come along, and I'm guessing here, but look it up. 150 years, they were on the scene, 100 to 150. The United States, we were good for 250 before this, this recent, these recent series of events. Empires rise and they fall. So, so the Medes and Persians, watch. Uh, after you, Nebuchadnezzar, another kingdom arise, or at the kingdom, uh, inferior to yours, next, a third kingdom. Well, all you have to look is what happened to the Medo-Persians. The Greeks came along, Alexander the Great, and they won that battle, that, that skirmish, and they ruled the world. And finally, there will be a fourth kingdom. So we're talking four kingdoms, Babylonia, Medo-Persians, the Greeks, Alexander the Great, now the Roman Empire. Now watch, strong as iron, for iron breaks and smashes everything. Uh, it will be a divided kingdom, verse 41. This is Daniel 2:41. Uh, it'll be a divided kingdom. It'll have some of the strength of iron in it, but mixed with partly uh, clay because these ethnic groups, they kept right, the Gauls and all these people that are around the Roman Empire, they were trying to bring under the Roman Empire they just kept rebelling and rebelling, and it was friction all the time. Which is a good point. It's hard to rule the world. Hard to rule because the world. You got, you got people, you got the cultures. Romans learned the hard way. By the way, none of these, these kingdoms ever thought in the moment that they were going to be crushed. They thought you they are would, correct. They thought they'd be around forever. The United States of America, 2,000 okay. years since all this happened, you say they thought, oh, no. We're I thought the, you would like we, that we, point. we got it under the control. Yeah, all right. In the time of those kings, verse 44, what kings? The kingdom of iron mixed with clay, the Roman Empire. Your encyclopedia is where you need to go. <laughs> then look at this and say, my Bible... And the encyclopedia said there was four kingdoms coming along, going up to <laughs> and the they Roman are Empire. identical. Yeah. And so here's the deal. In the time of those kings, here's the key point for Acts chapter 1. The God of heaven will set up a kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom that will never be destroyed. It's king. They call him Jesus Christ. Nor will it be left to another people. Nobody's going to get this one. It, the kingdom of God, will crush all those kingdoms, those earthly ones, and bring them to an end. And never forget this, ladies and gentlemen, in computer land. It, that kingdom, will itself endure forever. Everybody in America needs to remember you get and become a member of the kingdom that lasts. It won't collapse. It's not going to fall. It's not going to be whipped. The great God has shown the king this is 600 years before Jesus. What will take place in the future? He's talking 600 years before Jesus. The dream is true and the interpretation is right. You fast forward then and you wait. Well, you say, who's Luke chapter 3? About verse 1 or 2. Love what it. is it? Luke 2 Love or 3? Hang, hang, hang on. Hang on this text. 
So Lisa and I are uh, buying a house uh, in Gulf Shores. So one of the things that uh, one of our sponsors uh, that I checked out to be able to help us have a, a better credit rating is a, is a company called Scoremaster. Basically, the average person uh, can raise up their credit score 97 points, which is really, really good when you're trying to get a loan. You're trying to you know get the best rate you can get. So uh, once you check these guys out, if uh, if you want to boost your credit score, basically it saves you nine grand um, on a car loan, a uh, hundred grand over the life of a of a house loan. So uh, important when you're uh, when you're getting a loan. Scoremaster puts you in control of your finances. You roll in minutes, see how many plus points you can add your credit score. Go to scoremaster.com slash fill. That's scoremaster.com slash fill. Get your credit score up. Save yourself some money in the long haul. But while you're turning there, that's why I'm not bent out of shape ever about yep. the current kingdom, earthly kingdom controlling power. Yeah. I, I, I'm not being upset because I'm a part of this kingdom. That is my point. And that's yeah. the Bible's point. So look. You say, so, all right, so here comes Jesus. I'm in Luke chapter 1. The birth of Jesus foretold. The birth of John the Baptist. Well, well, you know, it's 600 years since Jesus, I mean, since Nebuchadnezzar went down. Well, Luke chapter 2. In those days when the birth of Jesus, in those days when Jesus was born, our calendar says 2,021 years ago. Roughly. In those days, Caesar Augustus, uh-oh, Roman, issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Well, what do you know? Old Daniel said that kingdom of iron is on, is in, is is there, and here comes the king, Jesus, the one that lasts forever during the days of the Roman Empire. So that's Luke chapter 2. So you got Matthew 3. You got Matthew 1 and 2, Matthew 4, 17, Matthew 10, verse 7. You but say, I think you should read, because Jesus said in that Matthew, I think it's four seventeen. Yep, that the kingdom of heaven is near. I, I, I just quoted the text where they could read that. Matthew 3. I know, but repent, I wanted to bring it, bring it up. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. You say, who's talking? John the Baptist. I turn one page, one page, Matthew 4, verse 17. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. You say, hmm. So what do you think that means? Just what it says. <laughs> well, y'all know why I'm what, bringing what this Daniel up. Daniel said to 600 years ago, hey, guess what? It's at hand. John the Baptist said Well, you're getting to Acts 1, but I'm just telling you, a lot of religious people who who are good-hearted, Jesus-loving people sure. do not believe what what you're presenting here. That's why I'm giving them the verses. Well, <laughs> I, I just wanted to... to <laughs> All I want them to do is read the verses. <laughs> here, here's, the, here's what I want to say, based on what you've read, getting to Acts 1, yeah. is that when... The kingdom is near. We believe that Jesus, right in Acts 1, as he leaves, the Spirit is poured out, and people for the first time receive the indwelling of God's holy, heavenly Spirit. Yeah, you're ahead of where I am. I'm, okay, still, I I'm still where it's, it's near. You say, how near? This many years out, three years out. That's close. But, but I tell you, I but, but said, a you lot know, of people really is fixing to happen, and it is near. Do you think he's saying, yeah, that's thousands of years from now? No, he said near. That means it's close. But a lot of people say, well, that near means it, it still hadn't happened, Right, is all I wanted to, to say. That's it. When John right. the Baptist Continue. said it, it had not happened. It was near, though. That's right. Jesus said it was near. He sent the 10 disciples out, the 12, sent the 12 out. You say, what were they told? As you go, this is Matthew chapter 10, verse 7. Preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. So they went around saying, y'all better get ready, get ready, get ready. The king's here. Nobody believes that somebody born in a barn out there. You say, did they know that? Of course not. You say, Jesus is here as a baby. 
And they're saying as soon as they got old enough, about 30 short, 30 short years, you're like, this thing is, the time is passing. So watch. You got, uh, uh, what is it? Matthew 10, 7. Matthew 10, 7, that one. You've got Matthew 16, 14. You say, why would you give us that? We're heading toward the kingdom of God in Acts chapter 1. There's Matthew 16. Who do they say I am, Jesus said? Well, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Others say you're Jeremiah or one. They don't know who he is, but they're just asking. But what about you, Jesus asked? Who do you say I am? He's asking the 12. Peter speaks up. And he says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of John. He said, you get it, son. For this was not revealed to you by man, but my father in heaven. I tell you that you're Peter. This is critical. And on this rock, what you just said, I am the savior of the world. On this rock and this truth, I will build my church. We three are members of it. And the gates of hell will not overcome it. And I, Jesus, will give you, Peter, a lowly human being who's going to renounce him and Jesus is going to reinstate him. Oh, Peter, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. All you have to do is say the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And it's where, where is it? Lord said, it's near, Peter. It's near. Well, they are not putting together that the king of the cosmos is on the earth. They're saying, right, he looks like Elijah. I don't know, Jim. But one, I don't know but who once he is. again, Phil, this is where people get the idea of Peter being at the pearly gates at the second coming. Yeah. And I just want to, to welcome you to the all I want that's where they get that. All but I want people to know is that when Jesus said, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, I know who have the keys to unlock the gate. To the kingdom. I know who have them, who has them. You say, oh, Peter, surely he didn't, wasn't the one that, that opened the gates of the kingdom. Yeah, he is. You say, where do you read that? Now we come to Acts chapter 1. And you say, who stood up that day and said, men of Israel, listen to this. Luke said, when they asked, uh, are you going to restore the kingdom to us now? And we're going to rule the world? He says, look, it's not for you to know that stuff like that. All you do is you wait right here, and you're going to receive power. And that's Acts chapter 1. And you're going to tell people about me worldwide, and we're going to take this thing by storm. And that's exactly what happened. I'll give you the text. Matthew 16, 14, Peter gets the keys. John 3, 1 through 5. You say, why bring that up? John chapter 3, 1 through 5. Because you must be born of water and the spirit, because this coming kingdom, unless that happens and you're born again, you can't enter the kingdom. You have to be born again of water and the spirit. It has to mean something. So that's John 3, 1 through 5. Mark 9, 1. Some of you will not taste death before you, you apostles are standing there looking like it. You're not going to die before you see the kingdom come. It was three years out. They didn't know that. The ministry of Jesus, three years. John the Baptist, he comes, he's gone. They beheaded him. Here's the apostles saying, what, what are we? He said, it's going to come in your lifetime before you die. You're going to see it. They're all like, what in the world? You're going to do what? He said, I'm going to die, be buried and raised on the dead. They're like, what did he say? <laughs> so you finally get to Mark 9, 1. It'll happen in your lifetime. And Acts chapter 1, they began and Luke says, here's an update. You say, I wonder where he started. It starts and ends with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ the King. Watch. In my former book, Luke's talking, Acts chapter 1, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do. I just got through covering the main part of it. And to teach until the day he was taken up into heaven. We've already covered that in the book of John. And he's fixing to tell you again when Jesus leaves after giving instructions to the Holy Spirit, to the apostles he had chosen, you're going to see the kingdom come with power. Well, the day has come. After his suffering, he died on a cross for the sins of the world. Jesus, he's going back to the gospel. 
He showed himself to these men. Remember, Thomas said, I don't believe it unless I see the marks in his hands. He showed him. Gave many convincing proofs he was alive. He appeared to him over a period of 40 days, and lo and behold, and he spoke about the kingdom of God. He's saying, it's, it's right here. Wait in a Jerusalem. The big time has come. People will come to me. They'll be filled with the Spirit. They'll speak in other languages. And the, and the thing jump-started. Jesus is back into heaven. He rules from above. He works through his people. And the acts that they performed that we're fixing to cover is the greatest thing that I've ever read in my life since I've been on planet Earth. That's my little update up to this point. <laughs> Take it or leave it. Bill said, I got a little seven or eight minute update. I, I'm guessing, how long did that take? 15, 18. Let's, uh, let's take a break. So, uh, one of the things I loved about the, the Phil rant uh, <laughs> is that basically, Dad, you have an opportunity to not only talk about the Bible, but give your opinion, all that. We've been doing this for three years on In the Woods with Phil. Now we've been doing it for the last year on this podcast. Unfortunately, we're in, we're living in a time where a lot of these tech overlords, they don't want people to be able to speak truth or opinion. Unfortunately, I mean, that's, that's, that's where we're at. You know, and a lot of people are getting kicked off. You have to get rid of the free flow of information in order to control a group of individ- a group a, pe- a nation. That's right. You have to control the information. Exactly That's what right. they're doing now. They do it all over the world. Yeah, it happens, and it's happening. So one of the things we want to mention is that blazetv.com slash Phil uh, is how you can get uh, a subscription. And right now they're running a special. It's um, $69. Normally it was 89 Zach, or 99 99 So it's $30 yeah. off. Yeah, $30 off right now if you go to uh, blazetv.com slash fill and you can get the, the discount on there. Just so you got to select, there's a, a tab, you'll see it on there that says $69. But I mean, it really is important because no matter what happens, if, if we're censored by, by these big tech companies, which is likely to happen, we already have a plan B, an infrastructure in place right now. You guys can be a part of what we're doing behind the paywall. You get access to a lot of other stuff. I, I highly encourage people. Uh, right now, our audience go there, and it's sixty nine dollars for the entire year. So it's, it's uh, fairly inexpensive. Remember Jeremiah twenty nine to quote Jeremiah. He said, "You know, if I say I'm not going to speak anymore or mention Jesus, you know, mention Him, you know, God in His name, He's like His word is in my heart like a fire. I'm weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. I cannot. <laughs> God's word is not." Chained, Paul told Timothy. Good words, not chained. So check it out, blazetv.com slash Phil. Yeah, I think somebody woke up in a preaching mood this morning. I've always <laughs> said, I like it, it if you had, the way I break it down, which I've shared this many times, in Genesis to Malachi, you had a prediction that Jesus Christ God in human form is coming to earth. And when you read one of those prophecies, the king is coming. That's right. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he's here. We just went through John. This is God in human form 2,000 years ago. Well, then we're now to Acts, and the first thing that happens, you see the red letters right at the beginning because that was his parting words as he literally flew without the aid of a mechanical instrument you are and correct. said, I'm coming back to the earth. So now you have what followed is the response to Jesus. But it, it really makes me realize from a human standpoint, these guys, you think they don't have anything. They're fishermen. Most of them, they don't have any kind of material possessions. They, and they have, don't have brilliant minds. No, there's and you see that in Acts. It sure. says we're unschooled ordinary men. Sure, but they Just became like you, and you and I, Jace. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> they became the most powerful people on that planet via this indestructible kingdom being a part of it because of who they were with, which was Jesus. And tell our audience. I just wrote it this down. I just sat down here when I walked in today. 
walk down here at the lair, we fix and go duck hunting after we get done with this. You say, what was on your mind? Well, we're going to talk about the kingdom of God, the yeah. book of Acts. I love so, it. When it started. And look, all I wrote down was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I wrote about nine things. By the way, you said, how often is the kingdom of God brought up in the book of Acts? Acts 8, 12, including Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 3, verse 6. Acts 8, 12. Acts 14, 22. You say, what is he talking about? The kingdom of God. Acts 19, 8. Acts 20, 25. Acts 28, 23. Acts 28, 31. You say, why would you bring that up? Because it's about the kingdom of God and when it came and what is it and what was the message of it and what's going to happen if you're not a member of it out there in computer land. You're going to perish. <laughs> you need to know about it. But I'll, 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 go ahead. Go ahead, Zach. Y'all got me about halfway fired up this morning. Talking about that. Uh, yeah, I'm still here. Uh, one is, By the uh, way, he um, said Matt, three of us were members of it. I guess he forgot about you, Zach. Sorry. Yeah, Maybe yeah, we'll get I'm you in, in the kingdom. Oh, he's yeah, in. I'm a of the kingdom. Uh, but uh, that story where Jesus cast out the demons, and he says uh, in verse 28 of Matthew 12, but if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then, which he just did, by the way, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So the, the very declaration of Christ himself is that the kingdom of God is here. Now, I do think we should give this caveat. It's not here in its full fruition. Right. Uh, you know, it's, we're not, it's not fully realized yet, but, but, but God's here. His spirit's here. It, and and it's, it, it is a spiritual kingdom, but it's also uh, manifested in bodily form because of 1 Corinthians chapter 6 when he says that all sins a man commits um, outside his body or outside of his body except sexual sin because your body is a temple of, of the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit indwells. So the kingdom of God is in human beings because God's spirit is in human beings. I, yes. you, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I agree. And, and the kingdom is bigger than us because God's bigger than us. I'm not sure what that encompasses. Well, it definitely, if you go to Matt, I mean, uh, Hebrews 12, you get a picture of that. He says, the Hebrew writer said, you've come to Mount Zion, heavenly Jerusalem, city of the living God, thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly yep. to the church of the firstborn. That's who we're talking about, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all men, the spirits of righteous men made perfect. That's all the people from the past that live oh, by faith. Right. To Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. And then he says later on, this is the kingdom that cannot be shaken. So he gives you the picture. It lasts forever. <laughs> That's right. And the earthly kingdoms don't. That's why a lot of people misunderstand as we talked about the censorship and we talked about, you know, what's going on with our with our <laughs> government and edicts and all these Marxists coming along and now they're gonna claim it for Karl Marx. He's gonna rule the United States instead of Jesus Christ. So we look at all this as members of the kingdom of God, we're saying yeah, you're doomed to destruction. More ideologies. We're not. More ideologies. But More ideologies. That won't work. Here, they just keep bringing them up. They keep collapsing. We're members of an eternal kingdom. That will, Look, the Roman Empire said, we will shut this down. The book of Revelation, they, the Romans said, we're going to get rid of this Jesus thing. Yep. Well, when all the smoke cleared out, the Jesus thing is still here, and they're no longer a world empire. You the remember, same thing will happen to the Zach, United States Zach, of America. do you remember when we were in Rome and we were filming that movie and we were walking through those gardens and they talked about oh. that they had taken Christians and put them on spikes and lit them on fire? You oh, know, yeah. Just, all these terrible things that happened. They, I mean, the idea was, well, oh, I'll show you how you shut this down. Yeah. But they didn't. They didn't. I mean, that's what's amazing. That was, you know, we're still almost 2,000 years ago. Here we are. Yeah. And, when you consider the gap between the power of the Roman Empire in its heyday and some guy coming from a mud hut in Africa for the first—I mean, like the power gap there is bigger than the power gap that that, that we have now between big tech and, and us. Right. And yet, the kingdom of God, uh, the Book of Acts, I've heard uh, I've heard it said that this is the book that turned the world upside down. This time period. I mean, it had profound political implications and ramifications without even trying. I mean, these people were just being the kingdom and they turned the world upside down. There was no power structure uh, in the history of humanity that's going to stop God's kingdom. It's just not going to happen. So we can, that's why, this is so, this divine providence that we, we are in the book of Acts right now when we are at this place in, in, 
in American history. I thought that this yesterday too. Yeah, I thought I mean, the same. It's so comforting. Like, it's like we're not. I have nothing to fear. I have nothing to fear at all because I know that I belong. I was so encouraged by our, our last podcast because um, I realized that that in well, I not realized. I just it was it was just further in, instilled in me that we have nothing to fear. That's we don't, right. just like we don't mourn like the world mourns. We also don't have fear like the world has fear. Hey, hang on, Jess, let's take a break. I wanted to respond to Phil's preview with the kingdom in that the reason what we're a part of is more powerful than what's going on on the earth is that when Jesus left here in Acts 1, 9, our headquarters moved Right. To a place where you don't go storm the right hand of God. You are correct. You can't get there. You are correct. You don't know the way. And you so have to get the head, and you can't get to him. You read Hebrews 1, 3, it said, After he provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty of heaven. So our headquarters is there. And which, remember, he said in John 14, you tell the disciples, I'm going there to prepare a place for you. Yeah. Well, so yeah. giving you that advance, as, as Zach said, when, when he comes back. Then. We have one yeah. person who, based on what he did, what he's now doing at the right hand of God, and what he will do. There's one avenue of escape. Yeah. You miss this, you lose. That's right. But that's why I, I read that to say this. Even in death, even in sickness, even in chaos on the earth, we're confident because when you read something like Paul wrote in Philippians 3, speaking of enemies of the cross, and because Jesus is at the right hand of God, he says there are many who live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. So oh, yeah. that's why I'm not absorbed with things that happen on the earth. He then says, but our citizenship is in heaven. Yeah. When you put this that we're created by God, for God, he sends Jesus to not only show what he's like, which is all good, to save us, to show that he's indestructible, and then he moves the headquarters back to where it originated, mm -hmm. which is in heaven. He then says this, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we're now in Philippians, but Acts to Revelation starts that context of where we are. We're eagerly awaiting a Savior that will then bring all this to its fullness, which we get the indestructible body that he got, our lives become his example that happened in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We, have we new, all die. A new heaven we and all, a new earth. Yeah, and we all buried, and we're all raised. And you say, well, what about those who are still alive? Well, he addresses that too. You're just, you're changed on the spot, but the same thing's going to happen. And then he says, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control. That's why when he says the kingdom that will be Established is the greatest of all will crush all other kingdoms because he has that kind of and it will never be destroyed yeah he has that kind of power will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body so i was just merging what zach said and what phil said we believe the kingdom is fixed to be unleashed through the power of the holy spirit specifically in acts 2 it will then reach its fullness once Jesus comes back, and that that spirit will then transform us, has that power where we ultimately truly become like Jesus in that we have it now an imperishable body that is capable of defying gravity and defying death itself. And eating fish. And eating fish, just for <laughs> just because we can. Well, <laughs> we'll be in his presence. We'll be in his presence. Yeah. And that doesn't that doesn't release us of our responsibility here on earth to do things. I mean, we're like we're we're still like you talk about tech censorship. We're still looking for ways to get our message out. I mean, that's what we got to have is somebody that says, "Look, 
ideas flow flow freely here. Look, so what it's all about is what you're talking about. You say, I said, put me on that blooming internet. I said, they said, well, you've never turned a thing on. I said, I haven't turned it on, and I'm on it. I've never even looked at it. You say, well, what? No, well. So my point is, it's the only way that I can see any hope to leave this planet alive. If somebody yeah. has a better idea, I'm all ears. But but to trust in man-made governments and the way they behave, and you watch them and you say, no. That's right. But, no. but what we're presenting here is that when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and you see who Jesus is, then you say, "Oh, he, he's he's beautiful. He's powerful. He's he's awesome." And then you surrender to him, and in essence, you die. You're buried and you're raised. You know, we we talk about how baptism symbolizes that. You know, spiritually, but it's also going to happen physically. But then you say, "What's next for you in my life right here today in 2021?" Well, these acts, there's going to be acts that happen as a result of that happening and you receiving God's Spirit. You could write the same book, Phil, from when you came to Christ. You could have acts. Yep. And, acts of Phil. Well, right. right. Via the Holy Spirit, via Correct. Jesus led, yep. God's in control. Because it's an eyewitness <laughs> account, see? Sure. So not only do you have this going on in history, that happened, which I'm glad you were documenting that in the encyclopedia. When you look at the historical predictions of this from Daniel all the way to what actually happened, it's there. It's right it, down the line. Right I in took, your Bible, right I in history. I took a set of world book encyclopedias and just started going through them when I read Daniel chapter 2. And I said, well, it's simple enough. Yeah, but what I'm feel, telling feels you is it, feels internet. there's one verse for sure. Because a lot of people say, well, this is some kind of historical document. This is... Uh, you know, that's old. Y'all are into this ritualistic kind of... And myth. some people don't myth, even... Yeah, myth believe. is the word I hear the most. But what happened is, and, and we're, because we're, you know, getting to where we're almost out of time, and I'm not going to steal the thunder of going through through Acts, but he makes a comment after Peter, who had the keys, he shares Jesus, and the people respond, and they receive the Spirit. But he made a comment that transcended generation after generation and and directly spoke to us because these acts in your life as a result of surrendering jesus are going to happen and you could write a book about it you could call them acts but he says this i've done so let's take one last break in acts 239 he says this promise receiving god's spirit which is in essence what we're saying today brings the kingdom of heaven to earth. That's it. You, like what Zach said earlier, and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you the ones and who your were, children. The ones who were there and their children. Mm-hmm. And for all who are far off. There we are. For all whom the Lord our God will call. And so people say, what does that mean, the Lord God will call? He calls us, there's numerous verses about this, through the message of Jesus Christ. You're not sitting in your apartment by your cell phone saying, well, I just don't know why God won't call me, or <laughs> or listening for a voice as you're traveling down the road. You're not sure who that voice is. He hollered out at you today. <laughs> so when you hear who Jesus is, what he did, he's calling you through that. You're like, surely not. Surely so. That's how this works. You literally, that's why people are introduced to Jesus. And then you say, well, what happened as a result to me responding and getting God's spirit? Acts. <laughs> you're you're going to start committing acts Yep. in the name of Jesus. Well, I'm, I know we're at the beginning of the book, but I want to read you the last two verses of the book, show, I'm, the ending. For, for two years, Paul was in a rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He's under house arrest in Rome. And here's what the last verse of Acts says, Acts 28, 31. Boldly and without hindrance. So think about that, without hindrance. He's under house arrest. Yep. I would say most people say, I'm hindered. I can't do it. Without hindrance, he preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I mean, you just think about that. We're, we're talking about quarantine. Game, set, match. I mean, it's how it begins and how it ends, which is exactly well, what Well, I said. mean, look, here I'm making a subtle point here in that you're you're going to read the the stories of how they responded to Jesus. But don't look at <clears throat> this book like it's some kind of rule book that you're trying to find out what you should do. You know, I remember I, I've told you all this before when we were talking. I was in an argument with a religious person, and they were just trying to view everything written in the book of Acts from from a rule-keeping mentality. And he, he made a statement, Acts is where the facts are. And, uh, <laughs> boy, that just got all over me. <laughs> Because I mean, it's not a, it's a bad statement. There are facts here, but it just right. You knew it, what he was saying. Uh, he was trying to argue this, and I'm like, these these are this is a response. This is what happens when people rally to Jesus and God gives you the Spirit. It was awesome. They and, and look, it doesn't mean that they all had happy endings. We're going to get to Stephen. Oh yeah, and he declares at the top of his lungs, you know, that Jesus Christ is Lord. That was his act. And it led him to his death. They killed him. They killed him. And so... Instant glorification, by the way. He said, well, they killed him. He's dead. Oh, no. He's alive. So I told you... And in his dying breath, he said, I see see him. I I see Jesus standing at the right hand He's standing. I fixed to go with him. I told y'all this, and y'all didn't know it, when I said, how many times is love mentioned in the book of Acts? It's not mentioned. And people... When they hear that, there it makes them feel uncomfortable. I'm like, no, it, it, it's a it's a response to having the Holy Spirit. We know the fruit of the Spirit is love, and that was the motivation. But you're just putting in context of how to read this. You have Jesus being presented, the disciples following him. They left him. They all deserted him. You know. Now we're back in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then they see this happening. And they're like, are we going to restore the kingdom? They still hadn't got that part yet because the Holy Spirit is being poured out. Then Peter stands up. And then this is how it's really the greatest comeback story when you just look at the disciples' lives in the history of comeback stories. Oh, it is. (laughs) Which is why I wanted us to do it because we, we went through the book of John. And let's face it, it was just blunder after blunder of not getting it. And But when they get it, they changed the world. They did. Because of what Christ did in them and the Holy Spirit and their eyewitness. I want to read this last, in the last few minutes here to, to set us up for next time. As Jesus is going up, and you remember from Luke 24 and also Matthew 28, they were up on the Mount of Olives. They went back to the old stomping grounds. So mm-hmm. he takes off from the mountain, which had to have been really cool just to watch it. I mean, oh. he just he takes off. It says the cloud hit him from their sight. They're looking intently into the sky as he's going. And imagine what's going through their mind in that moment. They're literally watching him like mm-hmm. Superman. When suddenly, two men dressed in white stood beside them. So, you know, are the angels or the, who knows? Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been, t- who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way that you have seen him going to heaven. So uh, I, I, there's an ur- there's a sense of urgency to me mm-hmm. when I read that, that they're telling them. They're like, you can't just stand around looking at the sky. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like there's work to be done, as I think was the message. I think you know? so. And, and just to get back to my love point, because a lot of people say, well, what are you trying to say? In any movement, it's kind of easy to start because you, you start small. You you take some small groups of people, even if any any kind of movement, and because yeah. you have this cohesion, this intimacy. But when it takes off and starts getting big, problems arise. That's right. I mean, the first book after Acts, because this all takes off. He's like, you know, maybe y'all should love each other. <laughs> you, we got some people following you, some people following you, some people because the bigger it got, all these problems happened, and then you started focusing on these spiritual qualities. The personalities begin to clash a little, that, and that's what happened. So now you have all these letters to all these churches that are established through these acts, and so I think it's a good point that it, you're fixed to see the takeoff of, of the churches. Well, now you fast forward two thousand. Years. Oh my! The bigger it's gotten, 
the, the messiers got <laughs> the more difficult. So look, it, and I know I've heard all of you and that we we're all the time saying that following Jesus is a movement. It's a movement that started yep. right here, God's Spirit. And there's always been a constant battle of making it a monument. People want to have church. They have church service once a week, twice a week, three times a week at the most. And what was happening here in Acts is not happening right. in people's lives. Yep. So I would I would venture to say that what we're doing today, at least our family, is not a whole lot different than what's going here. Oh, we're moving town to town, look, dear, place to place, mm-hmm. grocery store to grocery yep. store. Dear friends, here's Peter. I er, he's the one that got up in the Book of Acts, preached the first gospel sermon there. What do we do? Repent and be baptized, and you receive God's Spirit. What Jason been said. He says, "I urge you." Peter's talking. This is First Peter two verse eleven. As aliens and strangers in the world. Now. If that's the way he kind of viewed people who follow Jesus and the fruit of the Spirit, well, if you fast forward 2,000 years from the time he said that, I, I'm just uh, letting y'all know that we may seem a little strange. <laughs> there should be a contrast, though, would you say? Well, <laughs> I mean, he said, abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, just think of how many times we've been bad they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. He says, look, do your job. Just do what's right. Well, the good news is, it's just like, you know, the dashers are weird, but the good news is that weird is in. Weird is in, buddy. <laughs> are you happy to hear that or what? It's the most encouraging news I've heard all day. That's good. <laughs> That's a perfect way to end it. We'll be back in Acts 1 next time. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.